conversations with the movers, the shakers, and the builders of the Bitcoin space. This is a Bitcoin Audible chat. What is up, Bitcoin Audionauts? I am Guy Swan, here to educate, read, and explore all the different corners and perspectives of the Bitcoin technology and ecosystem right here on Bitcoin Audible. We have got an awesome chat with Simon Cowell today, CEO and founder of Zebedee, and they are building some really awesome tools with Lightning and integrating it into the gaming world. It's a really popular episode on the show not too long ago was actually Simon's article, Bitcoin's Killer App, Skin in the Game. Uh, it was read 481 for those who want to dig in and listen to it. Highly recommended. It is a great piece. But we're going to cover all sorts of amazing stuff in this chat with Simon. Real fast, I want to thank our amazing sponsors. We have the hardware wallet you need to give your keys the love they deserve the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. It is a secure and open source hardware device for serious cold storage of your Bitcoin savings. GuySwan.com slash Bitbox. And speaking of savings, get off the shitcoin exchanges and stop trying to time the market. Just set up a Swan Bitcoin savings plan and auto buy Bitcoin every week, day or month, whatever works. It even automatically sends it to your BitBox cold storage at whatever threshold you want to set. The best Bitcoin savings plan, no shitcoins, no hassle, swanbitcoin.com slash guy gets you some free sats to top it all off. Check out both of our awesome sponsors, Swan and the BitBox at guyswan.com right at the top of the page. But let's get into our chat with Simon from Zebedee on the gaming universe being struck by lightning welcome uh, welcome to the show man are you uh are you like ceo of wait hold on a second i want to make sure is it zebedee so there's no right way there's uh, no right way okay yeah i say zebedee because okay. i'm english but it's an acronym so like technically there's no correct way to say it and i think okay. like the american zbd is we're probably gonna like push towards that because it's, it's just like we can like shorten it to just zb and d then drop out all the ease <laughs> um okay good so despite the fact that i have continually pronounced it both ways uh i'm not wrong either way i, I like that that's better <laughs> um are you a ceo or founder what's your relationship what's the whole yeah project? i'm this so i'm the founder ceo so i'm the guy who put it all together really um but there are there are stronger personalities around so i'm not um you know uh, you know, I, uh, whoever this is a collaborative effort. So whoever's you know wants to be in the social in the media spotlight can be nice. But I am you? the I am the founder CEO. Awesome. Well, um, I have been really interested in this project, and it, it's something that, like, I think is kind of inevitable to see lightning like kind of squeezing its way into this industry. Um, but before we kind of get into the nit and gritty, why don't you give me a breakdown of what this thing is and kind of what the overall goal and vision of it is at the moment? Yeah, so I think the, the easiest way to explain the overall vision and what Zebedee it is, is, is an analogy to Stripe. So um, if you're familiar with Stripe, they, you know, it's a payment processor and they effectively, um, you know, you know, sing, almost single-handedly allowed for the whole like e-commerce boom of the past ten years, like replacing the nightmare of legacy banking and payments, red tape, and infrastructure, so that anyone can set up an online store and accept payments with a few simple APIs, and they solve everything on the back end. And really, what we're trying to do is offer the same service, but for like internet-native applications. So. Um, you know, Bitcoin is useful for all the all those applications for which like just fiat just sucks at. Um, so we're building a payment processor. We're building the technical op and all, all the operational backend 
um, and then a few simple APIs so that um, any like internet application can plug in just Bitcoin payments. And we're, you know, we're targeting at gaming um, because, you know, I, I believe that, you know, Bitcoin as a payment network um, um, really offers something new to the gaming industry where it doesn't offer as something new to just general e-commerce and the rest of business. Like it offers something, a genuinely new capability for the gaming industry and just, not just the gaming industry, but the whole gaming ecosystem and then media around that really. Um, so like the, the ultimate like vision of what you can then do with this is that, you know, in the same way that, you know, Stripe by having a few simple APIs, then, you know, kind of opened up innovation in just general commerce that can happen on the internet. Like, I really think it can open up and unlock innovation with just direct interactions and creativity and commerce it, with people in like more virtual engaging environments like games. So, you know, now you can have games with money flowing in it between like the players and the streamers. People can offer services in and between games much more easily. Because um, at the moment, like the gaming economy is, is the biggest entertainment economy, like $180 billion a year bigger than films, films and movies combined but it's restricted like it's like the actual what you can do with money in games is very restrictive like it's it's generated from like revenue ad revenue subscriptions and um you know in-app skin purchases there's no like direct economic commerce between happening between people in a permissionless way um yeah. so i believe that like once we like you know, with these few simple APIs, we can unleash a whole load of creativity and economic creation. I think that, you know, the gaming ecosystem in like just broadly could be like, I, I think that within my lifetime, it could be bigger than just the entire real economy because there's no physical limitations in, in, you know, games and virtual worlds. It's all software, it's all vi virtual. Um, so I think that we'll have just almost like an entire parallel economy that can, that can grow up um, that's more fit for the 21st century. That's my that's my big vision. That's crazy. I don't think I I don't think I knew gaming was bigger than the film industry. That I did not Apparently. realize it was that big. Yeah. I guess it makes sense when you think about it. I mean, just the size of League of, League of Legends like cuz that was a game that I had gotten into and that was that's like you know an esport is something that's very very in line with this sort of vision, you know. Um, but, uh, I, I always remember just how crazy it was when I would like see like those major tournaments and stuff. It'd be like, there's more people at the tournament watching two teams of people on stage playing a computer game and people watching the actual tournament from a distance, than watch the Super Bowl. And you just don't think about it. Like the Super Bowl is out in everybody's face. And it's like, it's like the big thing that everybody knows about, but somehow there is this bigger thing that's like less talked about or less obvious somehow it's so yeah it's kind of and unless crazy. you're like unless you're in it i like people just don't understand what's happening like the the transformation that's taking place like games yeah. are still dismissed as toys and it's more than they're not just toys like people especially like it's been seen during the pandemic it's not just how you pass the time it's how you like interact with people and like develop relationships and then you know increasingly how you how you start to make a living yeah that was one thing that uh was actually the hardest thing to step away from League of Legends more than anything for me um, because I have increasingly less and less time to do video games or whatever was that like that was how I kept up with my friends like I had groups of friends up there that I had yeah. known for years and interacted with um, and that I knew personally like we've got into like deep conversations and shit while we play this stupid game and I didn't know them in real life you know like at all exactly. I never had even met them uh, and that was like a big deal. Like I had to be like, like to step away from the game and be like, I'm not going to get to hang out and see my friends anymore, you know? Um, so it really is like, we are much, much more connected in, in that way. And games have become a increasingly more and more important part of that. And it's really interesting to see what potential could come from really freeing up the value, the capital in the, in that market. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, before we kind of expand on that a little bit, what's, uh, you know, Simon Cowell, um, just, I don't even know if I introduced you, um, but uh, what's your background? What got you into Bitcoin and lightning and brought you to this place? Yeah, so I, I have 
you know, a boring financial services background. So I worked <laughs> like, you know, asset management companies and things like that. And then I, I worked my last, let's say like proper job in the old world where I was working for my um, old university, Oxford university had an, an endowment fund. Um, and I, I worked there for about six years and doing like alternative investments, which included venture capital. Um, and it was 2014 when I, um, you know, at one of the you know, venture capital uh, sort of meeting, I, I, I got to see uh, and meet Brian Armstrong who presented Coinbase. And that's really when I was like, okay, so this Bitcoin thing that I kind of heard of, I heard of it when it like, you know, did the spike to a thousand dollars in 2013, which seems like, yeah, yeah. seems like, I don't know, it seems like another era. Like it says crazy. <laughs> and um, very different. And I was like, oh, there, that yeah. just, I was just, oh, it just looks like a bubble. I never just dismissed it. I didn't really look into it. But then when I heard like, um, Brian Armstrong talked about it. It was just like, okay, okay, these backed by some serious people. I should take this seriously. And then, um, and then just talking to like the the people there at the meeting and the the you know the 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 VCs who were invested in it. You know, uh, understanding the concept. Of, okay, if if like money is now like as like it's software is going to now eat money. That is like a massive like thing. It's it's bigger than it's bigger than the creation of the internet itself in the first place. I just like holy shit i like i miss like i was too young to you know stop facebook i missed the whole early wave i like i need to i need to find out more about this and get on this wave um so i just like you know everyone's had that moment where they're like you know that eureka moment and for me it was someone describing a bitcoin as a um you know a a distributed global ledger with a limited number of slots and i was like holy shit you can do something with that. And that's when I went down the rabbit hole. And then I just like, you know, I'd be sat at my desk at work and just researching Bitcoin. And at the time it's before Andreas had even, you know, put out his textbook. Um, and I, you know, I was on, I was mainly on our Bitcoin at the time, um, which is, I actually found one of my now co-founders on there, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, I just like, you know, I was getting into it deeper myself and personally involved. I couldn't, like at the time it was talking to the existing investment financial services community about Bitcoin and trying to make them understand. It was just like, just like banging your head against a brick wall. They're just like, no one could, it was like, well, this doesn't really, that's not how money works. You know, like, why do you think people are going to adopt this? Why do you think the price is going to go? He's like, do you not understand my God? <laughs> um, so I ended up leaving, um, like, the financial services industry in total at the end of 2016. Um, and I ended up working uh, for a guy called uh, Jay Kim, who um, who is now the owner of uh, Bitstamp. Um, and he I was about is, to say, I recognize um, that name, I feel like. Yeah, so he's like, um, you know, uh, you know, now, you know, an entrepreneur, VC. Um, he, uh, he's famous because he founded a gaming company in Korea called Nexon, which is listed in Japan. It's, it's very big in in South Korea, Japan, China, um, one of the biggest gaming companies in the world, just um, not as well known in the West, but he's, he's a really big deal. And so I, I ended up working with him and, um, and then I, I ended up working, uh, that's when I then moved to, to Bitstamp and, and got a job there as head of corporate development. Um, Cause I really, I really, so that, you know, Bitstamp based in Slovenia, which, you know, um, Eastern Europe. And um, I really liked the, the founder, Nate and the CTO, uh, David were like really great guys. And I was like, Hey, I really want to work for you. So, um, so they let me come on board. And then it was really there that um, the idea that it Zebedee was now conceived, you know, I'd been constantly thinking about, you know, right beyond exchanges, there wasn't really a lot going on in the, in the Bitcoin space. There was a lot going on in the broader crypto space, like lots of ICOs and, you know, all kinds of, of shit yeah, going yeah. on. But it was just like, I don't really... Crypto kitties like, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I mean, especially with my background in, in in investments, like it was like raising this amount of money up front to then pump the value of an asset. It's just like, that's that house of cards is going to collapse. So I just like avoided that totally. Uh, but I was still a bit like, you know, exchanges were the only real like business model, but it was still you know, just trading Bitcoin and getting a feel for it, that can't be the end. This is just the beginning. What is the next thing yeah. that's going to happen? And so I, you know, um, you know, when the Lightning Network came on my radar, um, that's when things started to get interesting. So I started, you know, this was, uh, it must have been end of 2018, early 2019. So um, it was really early in the days of 
the Lightning Network, but I, I was running it myself and like trying to wrap payments. I was like, okay, this this actually works. Like, you know, sometimes it was failing, but I could I could understand and I could see how it could scale very quickly on top of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, okay, what 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 can you use like Bitcoin payments for? And so, you know, the the you know the Bitstamp CEO he really helped me brainstorm around this. You know, both the senior team there all came from the gaming industry and they. Um, you know, they saw the future of Bitcoin gaming as well. So they let me kind of, you know, uh, develop this idea while I was there. And, you know, they helped me with it. And then, um, um, you know, spun out, spun out from there when I found my co-founders. Nice. So has your interest in Bitcoin always been kind of from the the open network sort of perspective? Um, or did you ever go down kind of the Austrian economics, uh, I guess, cypherpunkish sort of uh, rabbit hole? So, I mean, I've become more libertarian as I've, the more I've held, held Bitcoin. But yeah. my, my interest was really <laughs> from the process. point of view. Natural process. Yeah, from the point of view of an open source permissionless technology. That was, that was really it. That, was, that, that to me was the power of it. Um, the self-sovereignty aspect is something that has really only become more important, you know, as, as just like, you know, governments as money have really, the acceleration in them falling apart has really happened over the past year or so. Yeah, yeah. Good God. And I, and also more now that now that now oh have I lost you? Uh, I was about to say I just lost you for like ten seconds. Yeah, I was going to say now that um, now that Bitcoin has you know succeeded, uh, I can think we say the battles. I got oh yeah lost you at uh, basically the battle has been won um which I'm basically looks like that way to me um and uh, particularly with what seems like a viable scaling solution now um that that really is kind of finding its own um with, yeah. uh, with projects like am I am I back again yeah I, I got you right now you you look like you're moving everything <laughs> everything okay good. yeah sometimes the internet just goes a bit yeah but i was i was saying and hopefully you won't lose me again i, I think it's maybe like the nsa or something that's cutting me out every time i say something important on a podcast <laughs> like the, it goes <laughs> it's really weird <laughs> they got they got like a whole team in the nsa just yeah. like let's tracking, see what happens a, let's see what happens a third time like <laughs> I, mean, well, I was gonna say now now we've won and like bitcoin is really threatening the sovereignty of nations like now the next phase of the battle begins and I, you know, a scenario played in my head, you know, what happened, what, like, what will governments, what will governments do? And the only real analogy is to, you know, the, the U S seizure of gold back in the 1930s, um, which really was because gold had succeeding was, and was valued. They didn't just confiscate it. They, it was like, it was like the U S wanted, it needed your gold. So it bought it off you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think that's the worst that could happen really. Um, uh, but it'd still be annoying. I think it's the the worst realistic solution or, 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 yeah. or soli- realistic outcome, excuse me, um, that they may actually go after. But, you know, like, like people don't, people really fail to address. I mean, they talk about like, oh yeah, executive order 6102. And I think they, you know, usually have a very, very vague idea of what was going on back then. And like you said, it's because they wanted the gold. It's, it's strictly because they were trying to get it in their banks as opposed to individual hands. And the price of gold skyrocketed when they did that. You know, it only made gold more relevant to the monetary issue. And they also did not get it from a huge, huge portion of the population and then immediately turned around and repriced it. They bought it at $20 and repriced it at $35. Um, yeah. So... I don't I don't think that would kill Bitcoin at all. In fact, it would basically be cementing that Bitcoin is an incredibly politically potent tool um, that now governments are trying to get their hand in having a stake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so uh, and it'll be interesting when um, I mean, because, you know, there's some noise around, you know, a, a, a Chinese C, CBDC. Yeah, yeah. Central bank like. And it, and it being a tool to, you know, dominate the world with, you know, Chinese money that it controls because, you know, people would, would want it. And I think that's a credible, it's a credible threat. And what is the response from the US and, and Europe? I mean, they just creating your own 
central bank digital currency doesn't make it valuable in itself. It's still backed by yeah. a really flimsy central bank, right? Yeah. It doesn't solve those problems. So what are, you know, so what can they turn to to make their currencies more attractive to, to, to foreign buyers to, to hold? Like, I don't really see another alternative to Bitcoin. Yeah, in the, in the long run, the in the long run, the game theory of the in the political game theory of like countries trying to one up each other and dominate the currency game. The fact that Bitcoin, the fact that Bitcoin is already a trillion dollar market, and yeah. that we probably are going to be talking about two, three, four, five trillion in not too short order, um, is that it will be a very, very meaningful player in who has a portion of that, particularly for smaller nations that usually don't have a defensible strategy. You know, usually are just at the whims of China or the US or Russia or whoever is telling them what to do. Um, yeah. And I think that's a really big deal in how this plays out. Um, but uh, but yeah, I tend, I yeah tend it's to a real it. opportunity for underdog countries. Yeah. Um, and like people like, you know, don't see, I think, I mean, I, I, whether we're right in our scenario analysis is, it's, it's kind of hit on it. It's going to be something like this. We're not going to be exactly right, but sure. the very yeah. fact that something significant is going to happen in global monetary policy and dominance is, is, is inevitable. Like, I mean, it's like, I come from a country where a hundred years ago, the pound was, you know, the currency of international trade and dominated the world. And that changed yeah. very, very quickly. Um, like it can, it, it can, it, like just because it hasn't happened in people's lifetimes and they have no perception of, or experience of what that's like, doesn't mean it's not going to happen and things are going to, yeah. things are going to stay there the way they are f forever. You know, we are in a transition period right now. Um, I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you know, Bitcoin is going to be an important part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think if there's anything that we can say about like society today is that things are changing rapidly. And if you're looking 10 years out and expecting the world to look like it does today, you're not, you're not planning for a realistic future. Um, and accounting for exactly what is growing and exactly why that change is occurring. Cause I just, I mean, I don't know what to be planning for other than divest from the legacy system because it looks like a <laughs> bit of a shit show right now. <laughs> That's basically my strategy at the moment. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel pleased to be in the position where that I am, that you know, part of the part of the future, and the and the one of the reasons it's going to happen is because the there's people who want it to happen. It's in their interests and benefits to happen. Like, you know, an anecdote from the R platform where you know people are playing games to earn you know Bitcoin through their through their skill. You know, there's you know on there's been numerous occasions where we've had. Um, you know, parents who've got kids in, you know, they're from emerging markets and they say, like, oh, my kid's been playing your game or won a tournament and he's earning more than he would do on minimum wage back in his own country. Like, wow, it's, it's an opportunity that That's they awesome. can grasp because of the internet and it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go away. Yeah. And the craziest thing is that they're doing that and earning money that they own that mm. no one else owns and controls. As soon as they yeah. withdraw it to their wallet, they, it is theirs um yeah uh, it's such a it's such a crazy thing to think about like how different that power dynamic is these days um yeah uh, one thing uh when i read the uh the article on bitcoin magazine um that you guys did it was it was your article right you you wrote it if i'm not mistaken uh bitcoin magazine mm. yeah. yes yes okay yes yes we did yeah yeah okay um uh but i noticed that you guys had a choice had made a choice to move away from potentially game development and move toward the standalone like specifically the payment processor thing did y'all actually go down the game development rabbit hole for some time and change strategy and what was the thinking behind that no, we, we've always been, let's build the tools to enable this. Um, okay. The game okay. development aspect that we do is more like demo proof of concept rather than just be like, hey, we've got gotcha. a payment processor, gaming industry who knows nothing about Bitcoin, like come and use it. And so it was like, we, we actively, um, yeah. So um, I don't know if you've spoken to Mandel Duck, um, our game developer, but he's built 
um, you know, a few, he's an indie dev. And so he, he's built some nice games that people can play them. And we can show what are the different things you can do with Bitcoin in a game and prove that it works. That's the whole point. It's, um, it became more, it began to look like we're a game development company because over lockdown, we kind of started up these esports tournaments and sort of like pushed hard on that. Cause it was like something we can, like an opportunity while the, like the world was locked down. We couldn't go around gaming conferences showing off our, you know, our demos and stuff. Um, so the, you know, the outreach to game developers has kind of, you know, been a bit slower because of COVID, but we've managed to like really build up a good, like an amazing community and show that the games work, which has been really great. Um, the, um, like the latest game that we're concentrating on isn't one of our own, it's, it's CSGO. Like we've, so it's been like, you know, we want to be clear that we're not trying to build our own games and make those successful it would be nice but it's like we need to show that this works in mainstream games and makes them better that's the whole point so that's why you know we picked on csgo and then and then integrated on that and so we'll be we're going to be putting most of our kind of gaming effort into um kind of building out those and marketing those servers to get more people in gotcha gotcha and the what's funny is that like i had been following a bunch of even some of the crappy like blockchain gaming things that I think were fundamentally making bad choices, but I had kind of kept a close eye on them or, uh, uh, you know, kind of left it on the side table just to watch. Um, but I felt like so many of them were, had the wrong strategy. Um, like, and I'll, and then as soon as I read, um, the skin in the game article, I was like, no, this, this is the proper mindset I felt for actually, actually making something that works and that has the right work to trade off, like like work to reward ratio, I guess you could say, yeah. because the gaming industry is just so unbelievably complex. And these a uh, lot of these projects were trying to just invent some new game that had lightning involved in it, which meant that they were trying to compete on like three fronts all at the same time. The model of the game, like how the game played, uh, what the actual game was, do we do we promote our game and actually get people over to it? And then Bitcoin and Lightning, you know, like you're, you're stacking your challenges there. Um, so I thought the fact that you guys were 100% focused on let's integrate this, make this easily integratable into games that are already popular and already exist. And actually there's a group in the audio notes, it's like a handful of people who do a tournament uh, or they've been running their own little thing and tr trying to pull me into it to actually do it, but I just haven't had any time to play uh, Counter Strike. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they're yeah. they're using it and they've been they've been loving it. And somebody I don't know who's winning and earning all the lightning, uh, earning all the sats, but somebody has been. Yeah. Do you like open source tools? Bitbox. Do you like your keys to be secure? Bitbox. Do you like things that look sleek and minimalist? Bitbox. Do you like things that are confusing and hard to use? Not Bitbox. Easy, secure, good looking, comes with directions, all the things you want in a spouse for your Bitcoin cold storage. Your keys are securing your future. Give them the gift of love with the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Tons of other great backup and security tools like the Crypto Steel, uh, Tamper Evident Bags, and more available on the Shift Crypto Store. Check it out by going to the URL guyswan, that's swan with two N's, dot com slash bitbox. And bitbox is spelled exactly like any reasonably literate person would suspect it is. Love your keys, the Bitbox O2. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, so like what you're saying is exactly right. And it's ironically, I like the penny really dropped for me when I was like, I attended a, a blockchain gaming conference in like, I think it was early 2019, maybe. Um, and like everyone on stage was like, just pretty depressed. It was like, you know, they were, <laughs> quite openly just saying like, you know, this isn't really working and it's mainly not working because like, it's really hard like we're, they're building blockchain games. They're not like game developers trying to make a really great game fun. And that's what needs to be yeah, first. Yeah. Like, like it's like less than 1% of games succeed. I know how hard and competitive it is. So rather than trying to build this new type of game with blockchain in it and like expect people to like want to play the game because of blockchain, 
Like yeah. that's yeah. that's not why people play games. Like maybe investors will play a little bit to get some of the assets in the hope that will go up in value, but people aren't playing it. So the so it was like I was really like, but why why just like recreate the gaming industry? It's already there. Just like give them the tools to plug in payments is the first thing, and then that enables like you know take an, a successful game, add Bitcoin, and there you go. It's like it's, that that's the better strategy. Um, so yeah, I you know on the same page that that's how I um you know th th that is, makes sense it's something that can work with the gaming industry rather than saying hey gaming industry come and build your whole game on our platform and let us take a <laughs> yeah. cut of, of everything that happens in your game <laughs> um and, and, just... sl and slow and slow it down a bit and increase your your you know your server and storage <laughs> <laughs> yeah run full nodes every all over all over your uh, in your company um uh how uh how difficult is it to integrate with a uh, zebedee like uh how um like like what's kind of the cost there what's the developer cost to get csgo to run on zebedee or like let's say i had a new game now uh like whatever it was i've got like diablo online or something like that and i want to integrate this how difficult is the process to have it so that when I'm killing a competitor or whatever, I'm getting 10 sats from them and vice versa? Yeah, I mean, it's something you can, I mean, we have like, I think it's only four API endpoints. Um, um, you know, we've got like, you know, SDK wrappers for, for Unity. Um, so it's, it's quite easy to access in terms of like, the harder thing is more the game design that takes, the, you know, the um there's a bit harder but you could with a very simple game you could you know you could hack it together in a few days if you've already got a game and it's a very simple integration that these certain actions trigger payments like it, it is it is on, on that level it's a few days work it obviously gets more complex when things start interacting with other parts of the game and you've got you know the mm -hmm. more broader user account management and things like that but um but really it's yeah it's, it's very easy is, is well it's kind of the the bottom line to take away here um um, I mean, the actual, you know, the integrations that, especially Chris has done, like they, they don't take very long. The harder thing is, is the gameplay and building that up really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the skin in the game idea. Why do you think that, uh, what additional layer to the gameplay do you think it adds to add, to add value? Yeah. So I, I mean, that concept and then, I can't remember what I, I wrote in the article, but it was, it's really about having a connection to the game that's beyond just like just playing for nothing, for playing for an empty score. Like, I mean, I, you know, playing C CSGO, you know, you just kind of, if I give CSGO as an example, you kind of play these, you know, all right, more like like eight minute matches or whatever and you just go and just keep going and going and going it just gets a bit mindless after mm -hmm. a while whereas if like your score has some like actual tangible value that's not just an in-game currency it actually like okay this is worth something i can take this out and i could i could buy a cup of coffee with it i could you know save it up and you know buy buy a house or whatever or you know or it's your <laughs> like you know or it's then your score that rolls over into your next game like it then it's like okay this actually means something now i don't just mindlessly play i have to really like this game is important like every time i get shot it's important like it just adds that extra like premium experience um yeah. that you get from that you get from a tournament but you can have it with like an everyday game like yeah. that's the that's the whole point it kind of gives that kind of buzz back to something that could get a bit tired really and a bit repetitive yeah um it's it seems like a combination of uh it raises the stakes for being in the game to begin with, um, which is going to make competition really interesting, uh, and particularly when we're talking about term tournaments and like really big tournaments and things that have you know significant payouts. Uh, but then it also connects it to the real world, right? It you know, yeah. like like you said, like it connects it back to your life is that you're not just doing something. Like I could I could argue that if I was decent at CS:GO it'd be a whole lot easier for me to go spend a couple hours to play CSGO in a tournament and yeah. be real serious about being good at it if I thought I might actually make a few sats, you know? Yeah, and you're getting something, you're getting a return on the time you're in, you invest as well. Yeah. Um, and it's it's comparable to what you can already do in some like, 
in some more like successful MMOs, like you know, like um, you know, like Eve Online or something like that, or World of Warcraft. Um, especially mm -hmm. Eve Online, like you know, you can spend years building up a business inventory, and then you made make a mistake, and your ship is destroyed. Like that is worth a lot in terms of your time invested, and yeah, yeah. you can somehow, you know, with the with those games like that and World of Warcraft, and you know, you can get your money out by like people are willing to buy your accounts off you, so they are worth something. But it's it's a question of like having that easily transferable value. Like it's just yeah. like okay, now we can for the time that we've invested, we now have a currency that is in the game, and we can take it out and we can measure it, so we know how much it's worth. Um, yeah. I think that's. It's something that people like want and try and do um and it's a question of you know legitimizing it and putting it in a system that actually works so we, like before bitcoin we didn't have you know a global interoperable currency like mm -hmm. you had in-game currencies and then you had your local fiat currencies like yeah. we, we didn't we haven't had this opportunity since bitcoin yeah. came along and they always just were terrible at communicating with each other. <laughs> um, the 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 transferability was all, all, was near just impossible to obtain a reasonable value or measure against each other. There was always this this complete disconnect between the in-game world and the the real world from a value perspective. And to see those actually merge into the exact same thing. I use my same wallet to buy a fold gift card as I do to earn when I'm killing somebody in CSGO. You know, it just, it's a really fascinating shift that's subtle. It's at the bottom of things, but it's at such a deep part in the foundation that you just, it's really hard to think about that second and third and fourth layer effect that could really change a whole industry and how we relate to gaming in general. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a um, uh, and another big problem that I that always drove me crazy. You know, people took League of Legends incredibly serious. You know, um, like very serious, and you would inevitably get just complete worthless trolls in a game. Mm -hmm. They would throw a game, mm -hmm. and uh, just the very idea of being able again with the the skin in the game concept. And then like uh, Paul talks about with Sphinx or whatever to basically stake, like basically pay a deposit, a security deposit to going into the game. If you go in and troll and ruin the game for everybody else, that you don't get your sats back for the deposit to the game. And that there's always that potential to make sure that when you're, when people are very serious about the game, they're willing to put a little stake up to make sure that nobody else comes in and ruins it for them. Uh, which is or if they do ruin it you don't mind because they're paying you for it because they're gonna pay you they're gonna pay you for your time that's exactly right that's one of the other phenomenons we've uh we found with uh with our csgo integration like especially like i i suck at csgo it's never my game but like <laughs> but you get some like real pros in there uh, but they're, they're willing to like play with you because they can take your sets and mm -hmm. I don't mind being dominated because I'm learning something like something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like basically paying to be trained to play CSGO. That's funny. <laughs> That's really funny to think about is that you're, you're finding you're specifically able to easily find the really skilled players to challenge yourself with and learn from because you, they can actually earn a little bit of money and the game isn't like horrifically boring for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's exactly. Because normally you'd have matchmaking, so you'd never play with those guys. Like if I yeah, just yeah, signed yeah. up. Yeah. Um, how has it been working uh, working on Lightning? Um, like since uh, you know, like kind of how's that progression been, and what would you say the state of Lightning is, and be, uh, working with it today, and how has that improved? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think you should probably get our CTO Andre on because he's the guy. Okay working at the coalface. Um, but I mean, what I can say is that, um, you know, because of what we're doing, I think that we're really like at the forefront of pushing lightning. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, in a, a two hour Mint Gox tournament, we're seeing like 10,000 transactions in over a few hours. Like we're like, oh, no, one, no one else is doing these kinds of <laughs> volumes crazy. that we're doing. So we're like, we're really at the bleeding edge. I think that, uh, yeah, you should get, you should get Andre. Cause I think he's a, uh, um, just because I don't want to like spoil it um, um, because he's really like, you know, I, I think he's at the cutting edge of st stress testing lightning as, as we go. Um, but so far, like it's been, it's been good. Like it's, we've had no, 
we've had no serious issues. Like it's been really considering the pace of their um, of their deployment. Like you know, I think we had we had one day where we had okay, we're we're pushing this a bit too much, um, mm -hmm. but then it quickly got fixed and, and we moved on. Like I've we, we yeah, I can say that there's, lightning has not not been the issue with our, with our platform. Um, well, nothing's been the issue with our platform, but um, <laughs> I, I can I can safely say that where we are, it works, and we're the guys who are really pushing it to the limit. That's pretty amazing. That's that's pretty awesome to hear. Um, do you think there will be um, bigger challenges going forward? Um, and like, what what scale are you seeing this being built out at? <clears throat> um, I mean, so the I mean, where it gets difficult is like how many. How many separate nodes do you want, and how many different channels do you need to be funded? I mean, mm -hmm. it definitely gets to be challenging when you have a really big, like, spider network where everyone's running their own nodes, because of because we have a large, like, custodial component to what we're what we're doing. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's fine, you know. We we operate big big channels to the necessary nodes, uh, and for a lot of a lot of our customers, you know, like like with Blue Wallet, we're, we're doing it custodially for them. So taking that away, um, I think that the challenge is really going to be, um, do you want to push that aspect of sovereignty out to individual users? I mean, the way that we position what we're doing and like the, the wallet that we've built is that, you know, this is your, your gaming wallet for like use case. It's not your like, you know, cold storage. So you, you put in this what you want to spend. Um, yes. Uh, what you want to use in applications and have have fun with Bitcoin. Um, so I think there's there's still definitely challenges in building it out so that everyone um, everyone can kind of be sovereign and use Lightning. But I, I think there's a question as to is that really necessary? Um, would be would be would be my question. Um, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, particularly in the context of like literally spending money. Like that's how I think of it, right? Um, yeah. is that what's in my Bitcoin wallet or what is in like my Bitcoin keys or my hardware wallet, that's my savings. And then what I deposit to lightning, I have multiple non-custodial wallets, but I generally treat it all as stuff that I could just send to a custodial really quick. And I kind of use them interchangeably, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's stuff that moves fast and doesn't sit, sit any place for very long. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, certainly working well as a, as a mechanism between big corporate entities so that we can like transfer instantly like high volumes of transactions. Um, yeah. that, that, that works really well. That's awesome. That's really awesome. It's exciting to hear because like this is this is a development path that I've felt like made sense, like natural sense for lightning. Like so many people are trying to find the next scaling solution and rather than like just thinking in the context of can we get a hundred X, can we get a thousand X without making breaking changes or like fundamental trade-offs at the base layer level. They're like, like I just hear some criticism that this won't work individually for 7 billion people. And it's like, well, okay, well, we don't have, nobody has that solution yet. Like, what are you, what are you comparing this against? And it just seems natural that this would move first to the infrastructure to the um, to the businesses and the and the and the smaller companies and the upstarts that are actually able to run their own payment processing and run their own little financial ecosystem um, that they can be serious about and they can basically compete with giants with multi-billionaire incumbents that have never really had competition to speak of. Um, and that this would fundamentally change the market. And then that step, ach achieving scaling at that level is then what enables us to go the next level and get a couple of incremental and mul multiplicative solutions on top of that, that finally spreads this out to any individual anywhere in the world. And I think we get there. It's just, you can't skip mm. steps, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that people, um, you know, they seem to think that the important, I mean, and it is, it depends on what you value most about, about Bitcoin and, you know, the aspects mm -hmm. of it being, um, you know, a self-sovereign bearer asset, if that's the most important thing to you, um, that doesn't necessarily scale to everyone and everything. Whereas yeah. 
from my perspective, the important thing about Bitcoin is that you now have a a non-sovereign global store of value. And that and that is that is the important thing. And then you can use it. It doesn't matter if your everyday use of it isn't, you know, self-sovereign. That you're you're storing it for you know spend for a cup of coffee. Um, yeah. It has you know it has it has value beyond that because of what's happening you know politically in the world. Um, and then just technologically, the, the payment systems are so complicated. There's all kinds of like, you know, settlements that layers of settlements that need to happen between institutions. If two businesses can just settle directly between each other, that is like an order of magnitude That's huge. efficiency. That's huge. That's <laughs> absolutely huge. And people dismiss that. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Um, what's, what's, uh, what are kind of next plans? Like what's your, what's your path forward right now with Zebedee? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so what we're what we're doing right now is, um, you know, we're, we're really focusing on, you know, making sure that we're cracking into the the gaming industry proper. Um, mm -hmm. So having a really great, seamless, and easy UX, so that non crypto gamers can very easily play, um, you know, Bitcoin integrated games, which is one of the reasons why. We developed our own wallet as less as a finance app as more of a gaming ux and it's going to have you know kind of like chat features and, and links to games um that's what's really important and missing in in bitcoin um and it's you know, we've got features that we rolled out like uh discord integration and twitch integration and browser extension coming um and then it's focusing on CSGO and other like existing games and getting those played and marketed well so we'll be, we'll be doing a lot with you know uh, gaming influencers to get them playing the game to their audience just to get it a bit more well known and you know continuing our like business development with the gaming industry so that by the end of the year there are you know actual industry like non-crypto gaming industry people uh, or developers um, you know integrating with us and offering game like Bitcoin integrated games um, so that's really the the, the focus for us um, because no one's really cracked into another industry apart from finance and trading in crypto. <laughs> like, yeah, it hasn't really happened. It's so really true. Is... It's really true. It's been very yeah. isolated. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so having having a product that offers something to the gaming industry that they want and something that gamers can easily use, um, that is that is our main focus. That's awesome. I totally forgot about like I just downloaded the wallet. I just saw it the other day, um, uh, the Zebedee wallet, and I sent like six bucks to it. Um, uh, but, um, kind of tell me, did you, did you set up a game attack? I think so. If you swipe yeah, .gg slash guy swan. Yeah. It's just guy swan. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Can you like add me or something? Yeah. I'm going to add you. .gg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I saw that y'all uh, added the what is it, a Telegram and a Discord bot. I haven't added the Telegram bot to the group yet, um, but does that connect directly to this wallet? Yes. Like, it be the same wallet? Yes, you're sending money from... Uh, um, okay, I've just sent you a trend. Oh, here it goes. Okay, I just sent you a transaction. Oh, I got one. Got a thousand sets, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Your image. So you can send like messages and <laughs> gifts and things. <laughs> um, so that's the yeah, that's the whole point. So you can you can just directly link your wallet to, and so you didn't need to open your wallet every time you want to use it. You can send, uh, you can pay people from your wallet th through Discord, um, and if you because um, you also have a uh, yeah, if you swipe left again, um, and we. Mm -hmm. and then there's like a a tab a tab that says myzbd.gg. Yeah, yeah. Click that. Oh shit! Is that? Got uh, enable the page. Minimum um, amount one sats. Oh shit! That's not there. Un sat. Okay. Sorry. I uh. So if you go to that, if you actually like, like go in your browser and click on zbd.gg/guyswan. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Scan to uh, pay. Yeah, then you've got your own QR code that links your wallet and you can put that on your stream. You can put it, you know, if you put it on your podcast and that would go to your wallet. Dude, that's awesome. Is this just um, like Keysend? Is that basically what this is? Uh, no, no. I mean, it's it's just a, it's just like a, a static QR code that we've developed that links to your, so you can pay that and it'll always go oh, to your- Oh, it just goes um, to it. Okay, yeah. 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 
Oh, sweet. God, there's so many. I'm I'm so jacked about this. Like, I, I feel like we're on the cusp of finding, like, there's like three or four things right now that I feel like just have massive potential to steamroll. And they're actually in different areas. You know, like Sphinx and Breeze right now are like, really trying to move to the podcasting 2.0 thing that Adam Curry is developing. You guys are pushing hard into gaming and then Strike is about to just mess things up in the merchant payments and uh, and remittance markets. And the, the, the potential of like, I, I feel like you said, uh, like we're, you're very right about what you said is that Bitcoin has been nothing but an asset all of the Bitcoin as a network potential has been kind of sitting in the wings, like, right. Mm. It's, it's been waiting to be realized. And I feel yeah. like we're just on the edge of seeing that avalanche start to really get rolling. Um, yeah. Uh, do you think now we have the network effects? There's like what hundred right. million people own Bitcoin now. So that is, that's what we've been waiting for that and the scaling solution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, uh, do you have any uh, thoughts on the, on the cycles? uh and kind of the the macro situation uh is bitcoin going to crash again do you think uh the network uh and lightning um are going to kind of create a new base i don't i don't know if you're you said you had a finance background so i couldn't hurt uh, yeah i mean given that you can't change the supply of bitcoin it's just you know it will always be volatile in the same way that gold has always been um yeah but, you know, in previous cycles, it was all like small, very small market and all retail money. Like something has definitely changed in this cycle. This is the third cycle that I've been witnessing firsthand. And it just, it's been so steady. Like it's, there's been none of the like yeah. big price move and then it all crashes and then big price move. And then it crash. It's like, it's like almost boring. Like it's, it's very strange <laughs> it like it really kind of has been it really kind of there's has been. like a good support and which suggests to me that there's some very there's much more sophisticated buying going on that isn't that is trying not to move the market um mm -hmm. so we've definitely reached you know a much higher level of of base will we get another hype and crash probably i mean but what's it where's it going to go to and where's it going to crash to like yeah um uh, yeah. and i i yeah so i you know, now that we have some more like activity and utility, it should smooth, like like Bitcoin should get less volatile over time. And I think we've seen that now in this cycle, but it's not going to be like all of a sudden just stable. Um, so I think we've just seen, we're going to see, it's going to be a typical Bitcoin cycle where it'll get overhyped and it'll crash, but the overall volatility looks like it's smoothing out, which is which is really good to see. And yeah. and when and when it does crash, you know, we'll there'll be good support in there from, from all the like institutions that are like doing their research now and then they want to buy when it's cheap. And so they'll, they'll buy when it crashes from a million dollars down to 500,000. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I think too. Um, uh, what do you think the uh, first, if, if you had a, if you had a dream game that you wanted to be the first to integrate Zebedee and like, like really push it, what would it be? You got a favorite? Um, so I, I personally, my, my all time, like my favorite games, I think to integrate would be either Eve online or Minecraft. Okay. Probably Minecraft because it has the same, like, like, I know it's known by Microsoft now, but you can run your, like you can run it, you know, Raspberry Pi Minecraft, you know, it has that same open source feel to it. I like you could create rich, vibrant economies and it has mining in it. Um, <laughs> I think we could do something with it we're gonna we're gonna try and experiment just to you know show what you can do as a demo i mean i don't think you could get very far pushing it commercially like without you know microsoft's permission but we can certainly like experiment so i think that that'd be a really cool game and i, I spent a while as a far too old person playing minecraft <laughs> i used to play with my nieces uh, my nephews um but yeah i, I love it and I, you know if you're mining mining blocks that are like actually worth some bitcoin that would be pretty cool yeah yeah, that's a good point. No, Minecraft definitely seems like a natural fit. I hadn't even thought about that one, honestly. Um, uh, well, uh, is there uh, anything else you wanted to cover? Like, like we're kind of hit just over an hour here. No, so. I mean, I would just like encourage your your listeners to like follow us more firsthand. I mean, you know, 
we're one of the few Bitcoin applications which you know you can actually do anytime and have fun doing it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like join our jo like go to Zebedee.io and join our Discords um, and watch out for like the CS:GO. Like we'll have like regular kind of community events, like whether it be like you know servers like the bigger pro oh that's what i should say is that we're we're starting to add sponsors to our csgo server so you don't need to pay to play like mm -hmm. sponsors will pre-fund the service so you can just join play and, and get sets there's no like you know no paying just earning so keep an eye join our discord and keep an eye out for that and get involved give you that's an incentive to like like get better or even just learn how to play csgo that's awesome i didn't even think about the fact that sponsors could literally that's such a cool model is actually just pay people to come in and be, they're the ones that generate the rewards, you know? Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's, I, a that's a really cool idea. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. We're just pushing on that. That's a whole like thing I could talk about. Uh, that's yeah. That's, that's a great model. It's like a better way to be advertised to and it, you know, uh, and it makes your game stand out and makes it more rewarding. So uh, yeah, we can, we can talk about that once we've got it like released, you can, maybe you should come on like play it or something <laughs> oh yeah dude definitely come on, come on one of our events and you can like stream it with chris <laughs> did you uh is the discord the best place to figure out like where the tournaments and the groups and stuff are happening so people can jump in on the games yeah yeah i'd, I'd get on the discord that's where the active like community chat is um otherwise i mean you can you'll you'll get the notes right if you just follow like our twitter you'll get it but um if you want to like get a bit more involved then jump on the discord yeah Sweet. Awesome. Dude, I will link to all of that stuff. Um, and uh, I will definitely be pushing for everyone to keep a very close eye on this. And uh, if you write any other good articles and got some good updates, let me know. Send me a DM. Yeah. I'll definitely well, check it out. Bitcoin 2021. We'll be having a, oh. we'll be running some tournaments there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Oh, I will be there. I'll get you. I'll get you a beer. We need to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. If they let us out of the country, the UK is still <laughs> like. <laughs> but, All yeah, right, man. Should we go by them? All right, then. Cool. This has been great. Um, yeah, man. Dude, appreciate anytime. it, Simon. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll chat again. All right. A huge thank you to Simon for coming on the show and breaking all of this down. Uh, by the way, Zebedee or Zebedee, uh, however you want to say it, is Z E B E. D-E-E. -E. So it's Zebedee.io is the website if you want to check it out. And uh, I've been playing around with their their mobile wallet that just came out. And it's really cool. I'm, I'm really excited to see what actually comes of this. Um, it's a really clean, simple wallet. And the integrating with my uh, uh, with Telegram, because it's got a Telegram bot for the Audionauts group, so like now I can do, you can do like little tips and like little fun stuff with the app that's connected straight to my wallet right in Telegram. Uh, and there's another one for Discord. So there's just a lot to play with and it's really exciting to see a lot of this stuff dropping. And I really just think Lightning, there's so much potential in the gaming industry for really integrating real economic incentives in it you know I, I think i think it adds skin in the game as it, in addition to being a spam and troll barrier uh, but it also it also just adds a level of depth that the game is meaningful that there's there's a there's a whole layer of value underpinning what you're doing and that can actually be better tied to like the option to gamify things in the real world becomes more and more realistic with a tool like Lightning. So I just think it's really awesome. And this is going to be a project to definitely, definitely keep a very close eye on. Um, and of course, follow Bitcoin Audible because I will be keeping a close eye on it for you if you don't have time. But uh, be sure to follow them on Twitter, Zebedee.io. Uh, is the Twitter handle, and I'll have all the links and great stuff in the show notes. Much love to the Bitbox hardware wallet by Shift Crypto and the other amazing security and backup tools they have on their store. And of course, Swan Bitcoin as well, the best, easiest Bitcoin savings plan out there for keeping Bitcoin Audible alive. With that, I am out, everybody. Have a great weekend and Easter and everything, and I will catch you back next week. We got another Nick Carter read and a lot of great stuff coming up next week on Bitcoin Audible. 
Until next time, everybody, take it easy, guys. This has been a 111 production, and you were listening to Bitcoin Audible on the Crypto Economy Network.